Session 7. I Seek Refuge in God from Satan the Accursed. A Continuation. God Almighty says, Satan is certainly your enemy, so hold him as a foe. He only calls his faction to be the residence of hell. Chapter 35, verse 6. Despite God's repeated warnings, we are often careless in taking any precautions. Keep in mind that Satan does not possess the authority to compel any person to do what he or she does not want. Neither does he have the power to make one feel comfortable with any sin. In fact, Satan does not have any power or authority over any human being. Authority is of two types. First, forcing one to do an act he or she does not want to do. This is known as the power of compulsion. Second, convincing a person to voluntarily do an act while he or she is content. This is known as the power of persuasion. Satan does not have the authority of compulsion, nor the power of persuasion. Sadly, the whisper of Satan often finds an inclination and a desire within ourselves, and thus we lend it an attentive ear and pursue it. However, we should always keep in mind the end result of this struggle. As the following verse details, Satan will address his followers on the day of resurrection. When everything has been decided, Satan will say, God gave you a true promise. I too made promises, but they were false ones. I had no power over you except to call you, and you responded to my call. So do not blame me, blame yourselves. I cannot help you, nor can you help me. I reject the way you associated me with God before. A bitter torment awaits such wrongdoers. Chapter 14, verse 22 Here you may wonder, why did God create Satan and give him the ability to entice humans? The answer is that if obedience existed without any obstacles or temptations, then one's true faith and commitment will not become clear. Just like the honesty of an employee cannot be judged unless he or she is tempted by a bribe or by an unattended cash register. If the employee is not exposed to temptation, his or her values will not be known. But if he or she is confronted by temptation and decides to hold to duty and principle, then this person is certainly an honest employee. Similarly, God gave us the freedom of choice between the principles of truth and those of corruption, to make it known those who believe and follow his path, while having the choice to do otherwise. Most of God's creations are compelled to follow instinct and unconsciously perform their duty in this world. This compulsion over creation proves the attributes of subjugation and grandeur for God Almighty. God, however, wants us to turn to Him out of love, not compulsion. This love can only come from free will and the freedom of choice. This love can be the result of your desire to attain paradise, and God will certainly grant you what you desire. At yet a higher level, this love can be pure for God alone and not for desire of any reward. 
That is how some scholars interpret the following verse. Say, I am only a human being like yourselves who has received revelation. Your God is one God, so let him who hopes to meet his Lord act rightly and not associate anyone in the worship of his Lord. Chapter 18, verse 110. The phrase, he who hopes to meet his Lord, refers to those who do good deeds purely for the pleasure of God's company on the day of resurrection. So, if you do good deeds to attain paradise, you will get paradise. And if you aim far higher, you will also get what you had aimed for. Had God not created paradise and hell, wouldn't he be worthy of being worshipped? Rabah al-Adawiyah a pious Muslim woman from the second century after the Prophet was quoted saying, O oh God, if you know that I am worshipping you out of greed for paradise, then deprive me of it. And if you know that I am worshipping you out of fear of hellfire, then admit me into it. For I am only worshipping you because you deserve to be worshipped. So God wants you to purify yourself for him and seek refuge in his company when you recite the Qur'an. He knows that Satan whispers to distract you and prevent you from reaping the benefits of the Qur'an. If you want to attain the full benefits and virtues of God's words, then seek refuge in him and be in his company. Listen to what Ja'far al-Sadiq, a great-grandson of the Prophet Muhammad and one of the most knowledgeable scholars of the virtues of the Qur'an said, Indeed, the horrors of life for man are fear, adversity, distress, and being conspired against. He continued, I am astonished by a person who is in fear, but does not resort to the words of God in this verse. God is sufficient for us, and the best of protectors. Chapter 3, verse 173. For God has said in the verse right after that, Hence they returned with a mighty blessing from God, and a great bounty. They suffered no harm whatsoever, and they followed the good pleasure of God. Indeed, God is the possessor of great bounty. Chapter 3, verse 174. And I am amazed at a person inflicted by adversity, and yet he does not resort to the following words of God. Indeed, adversity has touched me, and you are the most merciful of all who show mercy. Chapter 21, verse 83. For God Almighty has said in reply, We responded to him and removed from him the harm which was afflicting him. Chapter 21, verse 84. Furthermore, I am astonished at a person stricken by distress, and yet he does not say the following words from the Quran. There is no God but you. Glory be to you. Truly, I have been one of the wrongdoers. Chapter 21, verse 87. For I heard God say in response. So we heard his prayer and delivered him from his distress. And thus do we deliver true believers. Chapter 21, verse 88. And I am amazed by a person who is conspired against and does not resort to the following words. I entrust my affairs to God. Indeed, God is all-seeing of his servants. Chapter 40, verse 44. For I have heard God Almighty say in the very next verse, So God safeguarded him from the evil things they plotted. 
chapter 40, verse 45. As long as you remain in God's company, Satan does not dare approach you. On the day of migration to Medina, the Prophet, peace be upon him, retreated to the cave of Thur with his companion Abu Bakr, while the disbelievers were on the hunt for them. Following their trace, the armed men reached the cave and stood at its entrance. At that moment, Abu Bakr said to the Prophet, If any of them just glances at his feet, he would spot us. The Prophet replied, What do you think about two people when God is the third of them? This incident is summarized in the following verse. Even if you do not help the Prophet, God helped him when the disbelievers drove him out. When the two of them were in the cave, he said to his companion, Do not worry, God is with us. And God sent his calm down to him, aided him with forces invisible to you, and brought down the disbelievers' plan. God's plan is higher. God is almighty and wise. Chapter 9, verse 40 Human eyes cannot comprehend God, and since the prophet and his companion were in the company of God, then the eyes of the disbelievers would not comprehend them either. Looking at the prophet and Abu Bakr at that moment would be just like looking into thin air. Finally, and before we move to the first chapter and the first verse of the Qur'an, let's take a moment to examine where God chose to put His message. God's message for humanity came from an illiterate nation. Moreover, God selected an illiterate man from this nation to deliver the message. Prophet Muhammad did not acquire any formal education or schooling in Mecca, Neither was he educated at the hands of the people of the great powers of the East or West. While illiteracy may bring shame on a person, illiteracy was an honor for the Prophet, because it confirmed that whatever he brought us of religion was only from God. Everything that he delivered is a miracle, because it was great knowledge and wisdom from an unlearned man. If the Qur'an had descended upon a civilized nation of the time, such as the Persians or the Romans, or upon a literate, highly educated person, it would have been said that the Qur'an is the outcome of the concurrence and rise of civilizations, a renaissance of reason or reformations. It is God's wisdom to put his message upon an illiterate nation and an illiterate prophet, confirming its unique and direct connection to the heavens, free of any claim to human or cultural influence. Prophet Muhammad, an illiterate person, through God's bounty, became a teacher for the entirety of mankind. The Messenger said, My Lord, my people treat this Qur'an as something to be ignored. Chapter 25, verse 30 Do not abandon God's book. Please take a moment to subscribe and to share with your family and friends. Visit us at www.qurangarden.com